The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about why we waited three years before creating a brand. Got loads of confessions for you in this episode. Before we get into that, though, we would love to have you come and hang out at the end of this episode. We don't want you to feel like you're alone with loads of questions about, oh, but that all sounds good for you guys, but what does that mean to me? What should I be doing next in my business and all that stuff? So come and hang out in our free Facebook group. It's called The Email Marketing Show Community. Literally just go to Facebook and search for The Email Marketing Show Community. It's got thousands of other business owners, just like you, me, and him, all talking about their businesses every single day and making their email marketing better and all of that fun stuff and a bunch of really engaging loveliness as well. So just go and search for it, the email marketing show community on Facebook. If you don't have Facebook, flip and sign up for a Facebook account just to come and join the group. It's really, really, really good. Um, And it's just a really engaging place, the email marketing show community. If he opened a pub this week, it would be called the Crack and Banter. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he had cheese on a pizza for the first time, and he liked it. He's going to kiss a girl next. He'll like that too. It's Psychological Mind Reader, Kennedy. Kennedy So, tell me about it. Well, it was weird. Uh, We had my sister over for a takeaway the other night, and uh, we decided to be absolute pigs, and we all wanted a kebab wrap, right? So we got a kebab wrap each, and then someone said, I really want a pizza. And I said, well, why don't we order a pizza just to share between us? And we'll have, like, one slice of pizza for a bit of variety. So pop my pig it out. But, of course, everybody else wants pizza with cheese. I don't really eat cheese. I don't have cheese on my pizza. I know. Shocking. Basically, I have mince on bread, and I have a bolognese pizza. And we got one with cheese on. And I liked it. So I want to know, has that changed your outlook? Next time we go for a pizza, are you going to get one with cheese on? Or was it tolerable? Or did you go, wow, that was flipping better than a pizza without cheese? I don't know if it was better. The only thing is, it's definitely, I'm going to use a word that lots of people don't like, but I, I like. Um, it, it was much more moist than 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 the pizza I normally get because usually you put the pizza in and it obviously goes a little bit drier because the meat gets dried out. The only thing I would say is I don't know why all pizza needs to be creamy, which is obviously what it is if you put cheese on it. Right. So that's Depends confusing. how much cheese, what type of cheese, how long you cook it for. I'll that's tell you the what, other though. thing. Like, will I have it in the future? Like, if you go to an Italian, this is like a like a dirty takeaway type place, which I love. Uh, if I go with like a fancy Italian restaurant pizza place, will they use fancy cheese, and therefore will it taste really cheesy compared to this really mild, probably quite cheap cheese? The takeaway shop that doesn't taste the cheese. Yeah, basically. Yes. Uh, this is way, some, this is some top grade crack and banter, I have to say. Okay. Um, so we've been talking about you and your various names for pubs. Would you ever want to own a pub or a bar? Is that like a thing that we might temples? I can just see that in Magaluf temples <laughs> bar, and there he is. Elvis oh, is on today at nine. Go, we've got the Charlie Chaplin tribute act, and we've also you know like is that. Uh, I, I probably not a pub and probably definitely not one of those holiday resort types. I've spent enough of my life work performing in one of those. Um, yeah. I would. I used to want to own a nightclub though. I like the idea of having like a high end, really posh, fancy nightclub though. A bit like looks. Have you ever seen? Um, have you seen? Oh, what's that TV show? I really like Lucifer. No, I couldn't get into Lucifer. But like, so I watched. I watched uh, Power 
which is a really good thing about like the um, the drug nightlife of of like America and that. It's very good. Okay. Uh, and apart America from all the, and well, apart from all the drug stuff. At yeah. the, the nightclub that all the, that is a front for this big drug enterprise. Uh, the nightclub itself is lovely. Oh, that's interesting. And you can, it'd be funny actually to have a nightclub that's named like a pub, like the Kraken Bantner, but it's like this like really, really cool place. That's, that's quite a fun idea. Anyway, uh, hello. We are a stage hypnotist and a comedy psychological mind reader. Actually, both comedy, I guess. Uh, turned email marketing geeks who give course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero in your business. That means you get to make more sales more predictably in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing wednesday i reckon as you said both comedy actually there were definitely at least a few listeners who were new time listeners who <laughs> listened to the episode so far and went are you sure <laughs> <laughs> i think you're right i think you're right anyway um shall we uh first of all if you haven't already hit subscribe on your podcast player we do a brand new episode like this completely for free just for you well and the other few thousand people who listen um every single week so make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player so that you don't miss an episode and you can always you know catch up in batches actually we did a survey recently rob i don't know if you saw this i did it in the free facebook group actually you mentioned before which was about how how do people listen to the show do they listen to it every every week and most people tend to like listen in batches, so they don't want a little a little taste of Robin Kennedy each week. What they want is they want to binge on a Robin Kennedy feast once a month or whatever. Once a month or once every couple of weeks. So interesting, so isn't that interesting? Yeah. There you go. So um, we're talking we've been about we talking about this branding thing. You'll have noticed yeah. a couple of months ago we had like a big overhaul of the email marketing heroes branding it changed color it looks different the fonts are different we're still called the email marketing heroes the logo hasn't changed but like the color of everything else has changed you won't have to scroll back very far on the internet to find stuff when it looked significantly uglier than it does now now we can't do anything about our faces they're still as ugly as they used to be but mm. we've done everything else We've changed the colors, changed the fonts. We had our first ever, can I just say this for a second? Our first ever like professional together photo shoot. Like I've had mm. photos done for my hypnosis stuff and you've had photos done for your mind reader stuff and they never worked. They would never have worked together. And then no. we had one photograph that Grace, who used to work for us, took in our old office and she Sorry. has got a, a photography degree, but we gave her a crap camera and said, here, take a photograph on that. Do the best <laughs> you can. And we've used that for everything, but like it's the one fixed size. It's not very big. If you stretched it, it would go pixelated and rubbish. We just we've we've never even done any of that stuff until very recently. So you'll have noticed that we've kind of just had this big overhaul. If you've been in our world for a while, yeah. And the thing is, we know loads of people whose stuff looks flipping amazing, like better than ours. Yeah. Even now, like that's they've got such an eye, and maybe they're just they're prettier than us or, or whatever it's going to be. But like, they've just got such an eye for all that stuff. And, and we haven't like that's not what our thing is we're really good at communication we're not designery in the slightest the problem we have actually is stuff comes back to us from designers and we go i don't like it and the designer puts on to go why and you go i don't know i just think it looks bad what looks bad don't know 
So I, can't uh, really, I can't tell you what to change about it. I just know it's wrong. That's um, it's we, wrong. We've always had this problem because we're very frustrating yeah. in that regard yeah, in our own yeah. separate businesses before we had a business together too. Mm-hmm. And one mm-hmm. of the things that was interesting about our business is when we first got started, we just wanted to get out the starting blocks and we just wanted to have stuff done. So what we did is we went on the internet, we went on one of the outsourcey type websites, we, had, uh, we ran like a contest to get somebody to design the email marketing heroes logo. And the person who won that contest, the person who got the job effectively, so loads of designers submit their ideas and we refine them down and whittle people down until we've got one winner, like Britain's Got Mm -hmm. Talent type, you end up with one designer. And we realised, actually, do you know what? We're going to want so much design done, it's going to make more sense to just offer her a full-time gig and then we can just throw whatever we want and she'll churn out the the, the best graphics. And she's amazing, but she's not a branding expert. She's a really good designer. She makes stuff that looks nice, but she's not a branding expert. And so what we finished up in is this weird place where for the last like two or three years, we've been churning out stuff that looks inconsistent. Every time we wanted to create a new lead magnet or a new product cover or a new graphic, it, it didn't quite fit with everything else. It looked nice in isolation, but it didn't quite fit with anything else. So if you looked at the old brand of the email marketing show, and if you looked at the old brand, so if you look at what the league looked like, and if you look at the email marketing heroes, superhero branding, it's interesting. The podcast was sort of like New York comedy club vibe. Yeah. The email marketing heroes generic branding was very superhero badges and shields and Marvel and that. And yeah. then the league looks like the CIA mixed in with the FBI sort of mixed in vibe. with Ibiza tropical house music. Yeah. And it was all just because we, because Kennedy and I are not designers or branding experts and our design is not a branding expert. And therefore we were all just kind of trying to do our best. And what that meant is we've sort of quite heavily disliked and it's got worse over time. It was all right in the beginning, but as, as you get more stuff that looks um, disjointed, we got, we started to hate the stuff we were putting out more and more. Yeah. And, and what's really interesting is while we see lots of other people whose stuff looks incredible and we're like, wow, their stuff looks amazing. We know many people whose stuff looks amazing who have unfortunately gone out of business. They've gone back to employment. They've gone and done something else. And the reason is they focused on the stuff that looks good, which they find naturally interesting, enjoyable, easy, fulfilling, all that stuff, rather than the stuff that needs to be done to run a business and to keep a business going. To keep your business going, any of us, we have to make sales. That's what we have to do. We have to show up, we have to give value to people, and we have to have people think we're so interesting, so valuable to them, that we have something that they want so much, they're willing to invest and pass the money along the economy along to us. And when we are taking money off customers, it allows us to contribute to the economy and buy stuff that we want to do and keep the business so we can keep serving and helping more people right now there's there's one really uncomfortable piece of advice that we find ourselves dishing out a lot when we're in our level up mastermind group when we're coaching people in the league and or when we do like the odd bit of one-on-one work there's one bit of advice we give out a lot which is stop doing the thing you're doing right now. That's the wrong activity for you to be doing in your business right now. Our our skill probably above and beyond anything is figuring out how do you sort of hustle your way to the money first and figure it out. And then once you've got everything nailed, then you can build the sort of the strongest stuff around it. So when we started out Email Marketing Heroes, we just knew that we wanted to find out, will people pay us to teach them email marketing? Will they buy our campaign?
campaigns. When we launched the league, we didn't know if everyone, if people wanted a new email campaign every month, which is like one of the core props that holds up the league. The core pillars. Like, we don't yeah. know if anyone wants that. We don't know. We just got to find out and see if people buy it, and if they do buy it, do they stick around? It turns out they do. But there's, you know. For every every ten things we launch, eight or nine of them might not work, and then one or two of them might. That like if you every for every ten jokes you write, in fact, not even that. For every hundred jokes you write, you might find one that's really good, and the the other ninety nine get thrown away. And so we wanted when we started the business, we wanted to make money now, not because we want to make a million dollars by tomorrow, buy Lamborghinis and retire and sit around the pool. We wanted to like business only thrives if you build a business that's based on something that people want. So we wanted to find out are our offers good enough is, and that's not just the thing we sell and how we sell it. That's Robin Kennedy, the hypnotist and the mind reader who teach email marketing, who teach a psychological approach to email marketing, who give you done for you campaigns that you can swipe and use in your business along with the coaching to do it. Will people, however we end up packaging it, will people buy that? That's like the core thing. And can I just say, all of that is independent of a sales page or a video. Like, it's just the concept. That's not like, those are the words on a page. That's what's on the box. That's what the product's called. None of that. This is not about a product. This is about the concept of each of those things. Will somebody go, that is valuable. That is, well, first of all, is it interesting to get people's attention? And then is it valuable enough for people to pay some amount? And then later, is it enough value that people will pay a, a reasonable amount that is a good economic fit for how we need to be able to grow our business? So what we ended up doing is we ended up saying, could we in the next month, say, and this is back in 2019, could we in the next month make... 20 or $30,000 in sales with nothing more than a logo. And we truthfully, we could have done it without that. You don't have to have a logo. Could we do it with nothing more than a logo that cost us a couple of hundred dollars to have made? And then if that, and then can can we make 20 or 30 grand? Because like, can we just put the plainest, ugliest thing we can find that we can put together with our eyes closed and one hand, hand tied behind our backs in Microsoft Paint 95. Can we make it that ugly and make twenty or $30,000 in the next month? And then if we can, we've proven that fundamentally there's something here. Because if you can sell it when it's ugly, you can definitely sell it when it's pretty. And in the end, we actually haven't come back to look at the branding until we've made, I mean, over $600,000 in the last couple of years. And this year alone, we'll do over a million dollars in sales. And we're only just, and we're like, a quarter of the way into that now, we're only just bothering to look at it. And I think the reason that that's the case, mate, is because we were so busy thinking about how do we serve these people better? How do we understand our customers better? Because that means we can make more sales. We become more valuable. People will go, I get it. I understand it. The stuff we used to say, we don't say anymore. The stuff we've come up with just by talking about it a lot. One of the big advantages of being a guest on a podcast or being interviewed on different things, Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives and stuff, is you get to talk a lot. And when you have to talk a lot, you naturally come out with things and go, that's a hook. Most of our big lessons and the catchphrases you know us for now were said flippantly off the cuff during one of those interviews. Yeah. And one of the things that's really interesting here is you can take the right offer and you can, if you can take, if you can take the right offer and prove it and sell it when it's ugly, 
then you can sprinkle glitter on it later. And this reminds me, I was watching our friend Natalie, who's the co-founder of Boss Babe, who've got an enormous following on social media. And if you just want to learn anything about doing stuff on social media, they're the people to check out. I was watching a course that Natalie put together a few weeks ago. And one of the things she said is like, having an Instagram grid that's pretty is not really that important. It's an element to it. But it basically, I'm going to paraphrase, but effectively, if your content strategy on Instagram is good, you'll grow a massive audience regardless of how pretty is. If you also have the ability to make it pretty, well, that's great. That's going to help. You'll probably grow a bit faster. But ultimately, if you can have bad content and bad offers and bad stuff that looks pretty, that will never work. If you have amazing offers that look ugly as dog shit, that business will still thrive. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And the thing is, what we noticed is we saw ourselves just growing faster and faster. People are like, flipping heck, how long have you been around? What you've only been around for? One year, two years, three years. And we're like, yeah. So we ended up putting the brand off because we just thought, well, there's no point. Like this, this we're- there's no point. We're just focusing on the thing that's helping us have a business, right? And this is the big thing that we see over and over again. In fact, we mentioned this at our Level Up Mastermind in London, and that is most people struggle. When most people are struggling, it's because they're solving the wrong problem for the wrong stage that their business is in. And we have definitely been a a sucker for this. We have definitely suffered because of this. When you watch a course, when you read a book, when you buy a program, anything like that, which is not one-to-one, so the person's not listening to where you're at and then responding with the right input, so it's not really small, intimate, uh, and sort of bespoke custom advice, any other time, that person is teaching the course to give you everything for everybody at every stage. They can't be dialing it in just to you. So you have to figure out what, for the stage my business is at, am I solving and I working on solving the right problems? Because if you're solving a problem that is going to be a problem later, like, does my stuff look really good? Actually, we know people and we could have said, we're never going to fix the brand. The reason we we fixed the brand, actually, and actually, we'll come on to why that is a little bit later. I'm going to tease you there with why we actually did it. But we could have never done it, and we still would have continued to grow because we were solving the problem that we had to fix right now for this stage, and that is, can we sell things? And you can sell stuff with ugly stuff. One of the best examples of people doing this is if you look at really good TV shows, like if you watch Netflix. So right now, I really like the game show um, with... Um, Uh, Howie Mandel on uh, Netflix called Bullshit where let's just I'm going to describe the hook of the game show in one sentence in case you've never seen it you can answer 10 questions get all of them wrong and win a million dollars it's a great hook that's that's interestingly that's instantly a compelling hook in the uk we've got a game show on itv called the one percent club the hook is can you answer these questions and get to the point where you can answer questions that only one percent of the uk population have been able to answer really great hook actually the additional hook of that is it's not about you don't have to know anything it's about how your brain actually works yeah they're not knowledge-based questions at all yeah you don't have to know stuff you just have to be able to figure it out and like laterally think and stuff and problem solve and so those two game shows just as an idea have really compelling hooks that you will either instantly want to watch or instantly say i never want to watch those things 
And this is how stuff's evolved. If you look at older shows that are still on telly sometimes, like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and stuff, they just had a bit less of a hook. Its hook at the time was it was the only show on TV where you could win a, win a, win a million pounds or win a million dollars, right? In which yeah. case, you should come to the UK and win it here because a million pounds is more money, just as a side note, if you want to make, make some more money. Um, that's a that's a that's a thing, and so that was the hook at the time. It was the only show on TV where you could win a million. That was that was like groundbreaking at the time, and so what you really want to do is you want to study how are people creating these hooks. Where even though sure the branding of that TV show ultimately down the line looks great, I can tell you what though through the process of them creating the pilot, getting the funding, pulling it together, designing the idea, they'll have had a really ropey hand drawn logo that just went. It'll look something like this. It's called bullshit probably. A lot of TV shows, when they're in the early stages of like proving concept, they've got crap names and that name never even makes it anywhere near the TV show. But in order to get somebody to come along and say, yes, we'll commission it and put the money in, they've just got to prove that the hook is interesting and that the hook is compelling and that the thing fundamentally works and people are likely to watch it. So how do we do that in our business? That's the question. It is, it is. And I think one of the things we've got to do is, first of all, we've got to really focus on that thing which is your number one goal and in this in their case it's going to be getting that show commissioned in your case as a business it's how do we get money in our pockets so we can keep the business going so we can continue to serve people right and the thing is often the branding that lovely how it looks and having a nice website and and having nice social graphics is the fun stuff it's the creative stuff and it's the stuff that people do to avoid and put off doing the quote unquote hard stuff of making a thing and a system to sell that thing. Yeah. That's what people do. They put those things it's, up. It's a bit like if you've got a webinar that doesn't convert very well, and it may be one in a thousand people end up buying the thing, you might go, right, one in a thousand people are buying the thing. What do I need to do? Oh, I just need to plow 10,000 people in the thing and I'll sell 10 things. And if I plow 100,000 people in the thing, I'll sell 100 things rather than go, well, how do I go and tweak that and tweak that and just make the webinar better? Because it sounds easier to just plow more people in the front than it does to try and make the thing better. In a real world, you've got to do both. But you've got to do them in the right order. You've got to make the thing better and then plow more people into it. So we wanted to make the thing better before we started showing it to more people. To quote Kennedy's thing, if you show enough people a turd, in the end, you're just showing more and more people a turd. So we just wanted yeah. to, we wanted to just grow a business that was fine and then make it that was great and and worked and made money and then make it pretty later. Yeah. So the first thing we need to do is we need to focus on the offer. Can you position what your product is in such a way that people go, I understand it, I want it. That's it. You've got my attention. I understand it. I want it, and I'm going to pay for it. And that's the big thing. You don't want loads of people going. I would pay for that. I would pay for that. Yeah here's where you pay will they do it is it compelling enough for them to go hunt out the credit card type it in get the cvc code wrong a couple of times not be able to click all the traffic pictures the traffic lights and then buy it is it is it is it compelling enough to make that happen is the offer the second thing is once you've dialed in that offer you also and this is all happening these four things i'm going to share with you all happen before getting the branding right so the offer is the first thing right the second thing is the audience Am I speaking to the right people? Can I so get in front of them as well? Can, yeah. Am I speaking to the right people? Can I get in front of the people? Because access to the audience is a real thing that we need to consider. Like, if you are thinking, right, I'm going to run Facebook ads and my audience is 82-year-old um, you know, men, they might not be on Facebook. My dad wasn't on Facebook, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so the audience is the, sec- is, is the second thing. The third thing is the logistics, 
What do we mean by that, Rob? So can you actually do the business model? Will the business model work? If you're planning on having guest experts come and present a thing once a month, can you get the guest experts? It, will they do it for free? And if they won't, can you afford to pay them? Can you actually get the business to operate the, the way you want it to from a systems point of view? Or is it just so much work, it's never going to be worth the money? Is it just impossible? Are you going to run yourself ragged trying to make it work? So can you logistically run the business and be able to scale it and do all the stuff you want to be able to do. And the last thing is the economics. So this kind of combines all of those things. Can I get the right people to pay me the right amount for long enough? Can Will that cover the cost of running it? Is it going to cost me too much to manufacture the thing and therefore I can't ever sell it at a price that people are going to be willing to pay, combining the offer, the audience and the logistics? So the economics of it, will it work? Can you acquire customers? going to the audience cheaply enough that the offer will cover the cost of that and therefore the whole thing works. And in fact, we just did this really recently. Back in February, we launched our mastermind Level Up. And the way that we launched that, and and people in the league will know about it, people who are not in the league won't know about it. I'll tell you why in a second. Basically, we said we're not going to, we didn't have a logo for it. We didn't even really have the name. We just said, this is going to be like the next level up in the league. It's going to be really exclusive. Only 15 people can join an intake. There's only going to be two intakes and we're just going to do it. And literally we said, but we're not going to create a logo till we've sold it. So we said, can we get 15 people to pay us X to come and join level up without a sales page? We're just going to have a Google document and we're just going to see if we can get people to join because whilst people again might say that they'll join, they won't. They haven't. They haven't actually joined until they've given you their money, and so you should be able to throw up, uh, in our case, for level up, a Google document, or you should be able to throw up a blank web page with nothing on it but a simple PowerPoint sales video. In fact, one of our um, league members, two of our league members who have a business together, so technically one of our league members, recently came to us and said, "Look, I've, I think our sales page is really ugly." Um, and it's not converting. If we make it prettier, then it might convert. And we said, nah, <laughs> that's not going to fix your problem. The offer's, mm-hmm. the offer's not there yet. Because if it was, an ugly page would sell it. We've done it so many times. So you should be able to have a, a blank sales page with a simple PowerPoint style sales video with your name at the top, right? Not even a logo, just have your business name or your name at the top. Put it in Comic Sans if you really want to prove the ugly sales, right? Put it in Comic Sans. <laughs> just present the offer. Put a picture and... of Rob on it. That'll prove it, ugly sales. <laughs> exactly. Present the offer and sell loads of them profitably without it being pretty. That's proven that there's an offer, an audience, logistics work, and the economics kind of balance out. If you can present the offer and deliver it, and you can do it at a profit, and you can do it quickly with that and without making it pretty, then that's you've just proven the offer, the audience, the, the logistics, and the economics. We did that with the first intake of Level Up with just a Google document. And, uh, and Level actually- Up is not inexpensive either. No, totally. And it doesn't always work. And this is what you need to figure out. And you need to then figure out, after a certain point, do I want to pursue this or not? Because you can change the product. You can change the offer eventually. Most products will eventually sell if you can persevere with dialing in the offer, the audience, the logistics, and the economics. But not all of them. Here's an example of something that happened to us recently. So Rob and I uh, had this idea of a little sideline membership in the magician's market, because we both come from that, from that background of entertainers, we know lots of magicians, that kind of thing. And so we thought, let's start a little membership site that works in such a way. And what we've, we figured out is actually after, how long was it, Rob? Five or six months. Five or six months, we realized actually the product and the logistics of making that product work don't work. 
So the the whole membership relied heavily. In fact, it was 100% contributor-led. It was about getting other magicians to contribute their tricks and ideas and And their audience, actually. And their audience into this membership. And it turns out we couldn't make that happen. We, and we were, and we decided, you know what it is? This has taken away from our attention, from the other things that we are really making a huge impact in the world with, with the league and with everything we do at Email Marketing Heroes. We're actually not willing to persevere and rejig the business to change the logistics, to change the economics, to change the audience of the offer. So we decided actually to scrap that. We just said, we're not going to do it. It didn't work. And we, we got rid of that fairly recently. So... Again, that is okay to do, right? Because what we need, what we all need to do is to get our businesses making a lot of sales and to be doing that consistently. And only then, once you have proven that you can do those things, you're ready to scale it up. You're ready to sprinkle that glitter on it and make it look really, really good. Yeah. So as I said, we've like taken our business from absolutely nothing, no audience, no authority, no credibility, nothing in the background. We, in the first 30 days of Email Marketing Heroes, had made twenty or $30,000 just with a, the ugliest thing we could put together quickly. And then we, and then we, and then we scaled that up to the point where we've now done over six hundred, close to seven hundred thousand dollars in the last couple of years. We're going to do a million dollars this year, and we've only, and we're quarter of the way through that already, and we've only just decided that we're going to make it pretty. And do you know why we're making it pretty? Because Kennedy hinted at it earlier. It's mostly as a bit of fun for us. We we would personally now, we personally now place value in making the stuff look better. Because let's face it, we're probably like $10,000 into implementing the new brand at this point. And that's going to go up as we do a bit more stuff. That $10,000, if we split it and Kennedy took five and I took five, we could go on holiday, have a great holiday for $5,000 each or $10,000 yeah, right. collectively. We could, yeah. uh, you know, you could buy it. You could buy a hatchback car. Like there's loads of stuff we could choose to do with that money for ourselves. And at the time, our priority was treating ourselves and buying nice things and doing stuff and looking after ourselves. And now we're at the point where actually we will get personal satisfaction out of watching our stuff look better. Definitely don't need to do it. And we're definitely not convinced there's going to be a huge ROI on that money. I'm going to say that now. We're not convinced we're really going to make a return on investment that we wouldn't have made without spending that money. We could continue running with our sort of ugly version of the brand and it would still continue to scale. We would still make a million dollars this year. We don't believe it's going to have much of an ROI. We're really doing it for our own satisfaction. And so if you're currently or have done in the past uh, being guilty of saying, I'm going to spend a lot of time, energy and money making my stuff pretty because that will help it convert better. It's just not going to happen. The other thing we wanted to do really, and the reason we've gone with the brand the way we've gone with it, is we now felt like we wanted this new brand to really represent and show in a visual sense what we have built, the products we wanted to show people how good the products are from the outside because people do judge the books by its cover if you're showing covers, right? But it doesn't matter how good the cover is. If the way you angle what it says on the cover, people are still not going to buy the book, right? So we want to make sure that we level up. We really raise to represent how good quality what we do is because everybody who joins the league, everybody who buys anything from us, attends an event, anything, says oh my God, this is up there with the best quality customer experience, member experience. The training is like 
ridiculous. It should be a mastermind. Uh, that's what people say to us. And we know that from the outside, our stuff did not represent that. Our, our visuals did not represent that, right? But what's really nice is at this point, by waiting until we've done a significant volume of sales, so we know that we've converted that amount of people's money into, into our business, they said, hey, I'm willing to trust that offer so much. Here's my cash. What we can now do is we can design a brand for the products and the audience that we know buys, not one that we are imagining will probably buy in the future and probably get wrong. Instead, we're building the brand around the audience that we have built, that we know those people buy this thing from us. And therefore, we're going to design a brand that speaks to those people about those problems, not the ones who are guessing by writing down a customer avatar sheet that we filled out that we were just making shit up. We get to serve them. We we went to... We went to Martin and Lindsay who did our brand and they and they happen to be customers of us as well, so they know yeah. the business. But we were able to really lay out and say, these are the thousands of customers we've already got, not who we think we're going to have one day. And that's powerful. These are the thousands of people who've already given us collectively half a yeah, million dollars. They are. So here's a question in closing before we get into this. And by the way, I've got a really good subject line for you today. I just want to tell you, this is good. I've just seen it, what Rob's put into the uh, into today's. It's going to be good. But here's the question I want to ask you before we get into that. And that is, what are you doing to make sales? This is something that we ask people in Level Up, our mastermind, people on our lead group coaching calls all the time, and people in casual conversation who say, it's just not working. I'm not making the sales. It's not predictable. What shall I do? And the question is, what is the activity you're doing that makes sales? And what is the activity you're doing that isn't? Stop doing all the shit that isn't because your priority is making sales. Do that. And then you can have the luxury of earning that brand. Can you make it so you can deserve and earn that brand by doing the hard shit first? right? That's what we need to do. If you're thinking, hey, this all sounds really good. I'd like to uh, find out more about the league, what we're doing inside of it, and uh, and really level up your email marketing. In reality, it's going to help you to do the stuff we're talking about. It's going to help you to have great sales processes that sell all of this stuff, even if it does look ugly. Yeah, we don't talk about how to make things look pretty in the league. We show you how to position your offer and how to sell that thing through emails, right? Go to theleaguemembership.com, theleaguemembership.com. Check out what, why so many people are joining and uh, why we're getting such great results for our members. Now, I, I'm really looking for this one, Rob. It's time for this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. So this week, it's crushed by a piano. And this is right. basically an example of a couple of things. It's one, it spells catastrophe, and it's exaggerated. It's got a cartoon... Which, incidentally, I can't spell the word catastrophe. There, so you, there, you, there go. you go. How about that? Um, it combines this sort of cartoon level of catastrophe. Think about, like, Wiley Coyote or Tasmanian Devil, like, running off a cliff and then spinning in midair for a second before he stops and falls down. Uh, like it, It's like being crushed by a piano sounds like something from Tom and Jerry. And sort of people yeah. don't know, like that people are going to assume I haven't, yeah, I haven't actually been crushed by a piano, or have you? Like it's this cartoony, exaggerated version of catastrophe, and then people want to get in and find out what it is. And quite often, what I'll do with a subject line, and this is where this comes from, is take the story you tell, and in this email, the story is about the fact that my friend Gary asked me to go and help him move a piano. That was what the story was. And pull out of that, what's the terrible scenario that might happen? How might you come to a terrible, grisly end? 
and then a cropper, a cropper, and then paint that picture in the subject line. So what could have happened is I could have been crushed by this massive piano, and therefore the subject line was crushed by a piano. So it's taking the catastrophe that might happen and putting it as if it's just happened. Love it. Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. It's a longer episode than normal, but hopefully it's given you a lot of insight and freed you from worrying too much about the big brand detail that we don't need to really concern ourselves with just yet in our small entrepreneurial business. If you have enjoyed the show, we really hope you have we really love producing the show for you each week make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player and we'll see you again next week